This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. Wow, that was awesome last night. Now we're recording this on Friday morning. We all know what happened on Thursday night. If you're listening to this podcast, wow, 38-24. That was unbelievable, Shane. And you and I were watching. I made the 36-mile drive to Casa de Dale out there in East Mesa, and it was worth it to watch. We had a ball. Yeah, I my uh, buddy James, who's an OU fan, I invited him as well, and maybe it's for the best he wasn't able to make it. But uh, yeah, you, me, and uh, my nephew Zach were able to to enjoy it. Uh, I I thought, um, you know, look, there it's twenty four thirteen. Oklahoma's driving; they got all the momentum. It looks like it's gonna yeah. they're gonna run away with it, and then everything yeah. changes. Hold them to a field goal. We're down two touchdowns, and we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, right? but the, but but you know, the pass they're they're getting close to. It's almost going to be first and goal. Dalton Johnson makes the play. The game pops the ball loose. Gunnar Maldonado takes it all the way back, and it is a whole new ball game. Uh, amazing, amazing win. Uh, I'm sure Sooner fans are, are – I've seen them on the message boards, and I'm sure they're going to make excuses about you know their starting quarterback being out, which is, is legit. Uh, but six turnovers. Uh, Noah Fafita uh, persevered against a, 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 a situation that was – not great for him for most of the uh, of the evening, and, and uh, just didn't have much time to throw. But um, I'll, I'll tell you, it's I've had the overnight to to digest this. Uh, waking up th- this morning, and and it, it's just it it feels it it's surreal. It's the most satisfying, I would say, in my lifetime, the most satisfying three months or so of Arizona football I've ever experienced, and that includes 2014. Well, we're going to have a lot to talk about on this show. We're going to obviously break down everything in segment one. Barrett Baker. Our buddy going to join us in segment two. He was at the game last night. How much of a voice will he have? Segment three, we're going to draw some ice shaker winners and maybe even a surprise in there. Uh, We're going to make some uh, rest of our bowl predictions. And then we're going to recap 2023 as there is a lot to discuss there. Shane, let's just get right into it. Uh, We'll just say this. Arizona scores the first 13. Oklahoma scores the next 24. Arizona scores the last 25. Nobody in their right minds would have predicted it that way. Let's hear what you have in Shane's standouts. Uh, where to begin? Uh, I'll try to make it quick because I can go down a long list, but I'll you know mention three guys on defense. You know, Martel Irby, who, you know, how could you not love that guy? And his post-game interview was great. You know, forcing a couple of turnovers. Uh, that interception, that catch he made was what maybe the best catch of the night on either side of the ball. Uh, and and he almost forced a third turnover. The receiver was ruled down, but man, he he was he's something special, and we're gonna miss him a lot. Playing with his hair on fire, he was yeah. on fire. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Gunnar Maldonado, who was defen- uh, the defensive player of the game, uh, with the interception return, made some other big plays. Uh, mentioned Dalton Johnson, uh, not or Dalton, yeah, uh, knocking out the um, uh, the, the ball that, that set up the Maldonado interception return. Um, you know, it was a fumble. Yeah. It was a fumble return. It was a fumble, technically a fumble. I yeah. feel like it should have been a pick six, but whatever. It should have, yeah, as a, as a bad ruling, but okay, whatever. It, yeah. it, it, it counts the same as, as a turnover. Yeah. It, it went on the sword either way. Uh, and then on, on offense, uh, you know, you know Cowing and, and McMillan were both ridiculous. 
I and and Fafita, I I will go a little sideways here, and I want to I wanted I do want to recognize Jane Delora for his leadership after he got benched, and and I'll I'll own this too. I made it. I I posted the dumb take that with Fafita being under duress, maybe Delora would be the better option because he could scramble a little bit more. That I've and, and trolls on Twitter got a hold of that, and I deleted it because I want forty three and I don't have time for that. But that was a dumb take because Noah Fafita he he came through and he made they made adjustments. And you know that that throw he made on the run um, to to Cowing for the touchdown for the go ahead touchdown was phenomenal. But Jaden Delora, you know, taking Fafita aside, talking with him, and Fafita's family obviously has said very nice things about Delora's leadership and mentorship as he's taken the reins. So wish him the best wherever he lands because he entered the transfer portal. He announced it on Christmas Day, I think. Um, but what Jaden Delora has done for this team um, when while well, he's been while well, he got benched due to injury. Uh, has been great and he's been you know he's been I feel like he's been maybe even a, this isn't a shot at him at all I feel like maybe he's been a bit better leader uh as as a backup than he was as a starter um but I I wish him well and and, and uh he he was he did great things for Noah Fafita yeah and, and he helped turn the program around when when yeah. we had horrendous quarterback play in 2021 now Noah's the guy you know I'm glad Noah played the last what uh nine games of the year whatnot but thanks to Jaden for his contributions and I thought Jed gave a great uh you know, wrote a great uh, uh, little narrative uh, on on social media about it. So I yeah. thought that was very, very classy all around. All right, this is it is time for Buy or Sell, which is presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. Go to IceShaker.com. Use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C. Get $5 off or you can get them at Fanatics.com. But most importantly, if you order from IceShaker.com, uh, let us know that you found it on Wildcat Country in the uh, post-purchase survey. And uh, that certainly helps Shane and I. Muy importante, yes. Yeah. As Chris said last week, if you didn't hear that episode when we were previewing this game. All right, Shane. uh, You know, I know you are the ultimate cynic. So Mm. I'm going to start with this question. And and you might be surprised at at our answers, but we'll see. Number one, this is as good as it gets for Arizona football ever. You mean this is as good as it's going to get? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, Ever. I am still, look, I'm still on a high from that game. So maybe my difference, my answer would be different in a few days, but I'm going to sell it because I, you look at the guys they have coming back. Uh, Jed fish by all accounts is coming back. His staff is coming back. You know, other guys might enter the portal. One of their assistants might be poached you know, for a coordinator job. That's the kind of thing that happens this time of year. Uh, but you, you combine that with the fact that it, you know, they, they have a lot of momentum going forward, a lot of get top guys coming back, even th- though they do lose some guys, especially on offense. Uh, they're going to a conference that looks exceptionally winnable. And the college football playoff expands to 12 teams next year. It, it seems like a perfect storm, which, of course, you know, we've you know, it's like the final four being in Glendale. You know, it seems perfect. They're going to make it and, and we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I will be optimistic and say, no, I, I think they can keep this momentum going in, into next season. Um, keeping Jet Fish long term is going to be the, the the big challenge, and I think we're all going to be the, the biggest Billy Napier fans next year for that reason. Uh, hopefully, he does well in Florida and among in midst a, a brutal schedule. But um, you know, again, my answer might be different from a week for now. But I I will say no at this point uh, because look, if if Arizona had played this way starting beginning of the season, they they would be in a New Year's Six game, uh, or you know, they'd be easily in the top ten. So there's no reason to think they can't keep it going next year. All right, so I'm actually going to buy this one, and I'm going to explain why. When you think about the college football playoff, do I ever think Arizona's going to win the national championship in football? Probably not in my lifetime. No. no. Um, just based on everything. So that means regardless of anything else with this new system, if they are in the college football playoff, the 12-teamer, uh, their season will end with a loss. 
they will not end on a, on a high note. Arizona won their last seven games. They beat, what, five ranked teams in that process? Uh, yeah. Only ASU and Colorado were not. And Colorado formerly was ranked earlier in the year. You're, this is this is a crowning achievement for this program. Now, you know, this isn't the days of 1998 where Arizona can get as high as number four. You know, maybe they can end up higher than, I think, I think Arizona probably gets finishes 10 or 11 in the final AP uh, and coaches polls. Mm. Somewhere in that ballpark will, depending on the results, you know, a hope for Ohio State to beat Missouri, hope for, uh, you know, LSU to lose to Wisconsin and Arizona's for sure. In the Go Liberty. Side. And if Liberty beats, I mean, yeah, Liberty beats Oregon, Arizona probably jumps them. Probably not happen. So they finish 10 or 11. There's a chance that Arizona could one day finish higher than this. But to end their season like this, beating a brand name team on a seven game win streak with momentum heading into next year, not losing, you know, they're losing a lot, but they're not losing as much as a lot of teams. This is as good as it gets. As far as I'm concerned right now, it's hard for me to think of it being better than this, a season realistically ending better than this. And that, that's why I would also put this team ahead of the 2014 team, because again, oh, you know, re- recent, recent, recency yeah. bias and all that, but, yeah. and I know that, you know, that team won the Pac-12 South. There was no Pac-12 South to win this time. And Arizona would have won it if it's, yeah. if it was still that format. And again, like you said, they finished the season with a win, unlike in, in 2014. And, and they manhandled some good teams. I mean, I don't say man, Washington state was good at the time. Utah, they, they blew out. Uh, they, I think the 2014 team was was a bit fortunate in a couple of games. This team, there was no fortune involved. In fact, fortune was probably against them because they lost a couple of games in overtime. So, uh, I think talent wise, uh, you know, on offense, defense, special teams, I think this team was better, and that's why I think this success they're experiencing is more sustainable than what we saw in 2014. In my tenure of following Arizona football, let's say the last 30 years. This is the second best Arizona football team that we've seen. And I think, you know, probably not on par with 98. We'll ask Barrett Baker his thoughts on that. But this is right up there. I I don't think, no offense to 2014 or 2009, I, I don't think either team can compare to what we saw this year. Yeah. The way this team demolished, I mean, what they did to ASU, uh, what that turnaround that they had last night to beat, and I don't care who was playing for Oklahoma or not. In 20 years, when you look at the result of this game, Shane, you're going to see Arizona over a ranked Oklahoma team. You're not going to remember that Dylan Gabriel transferred to Oregon or they lost players to the portal or their offensive coordinator. You don't care. You see Arizona over Oregon. And when you walk in the Jim Click Hall of Fame and you see the Alamo Bowl trophy years to come, you're going to say, what an amazing night that was. Not, you know, well, Oregon, well, Oklahoma, you know, was missing. Don't care. No. This is as good as it gets, as no. far as I'm concerned. And I know some people probably won't like that take, but that's, this is how I feel. Okay. Uh, number two, Shane, no matter what happens from here on out, Jed Fish will be held in Dick Tomey-like regard for his turnaround of this program by yourself. Uh, I'm going to sell it just because I think it's still a small sample size. I mean, what he's done in terms of turning around the program, I think maybe is more even more impressive than what Dick Tomey did initially, just because Dick Tomey inherited a much better situation. You know, Larry Smith left uh, and, and all, a lot of players left with him, but they were a top 25 team. They just came off of a beating in a previously undefeated ASU team. Uh, so he was in a better, he was in a better situation. You know, it, he had pieces to work with. Jed Fish had nothing, nothing. And so from that regard, I, I think he will be remembered that way. As far as like his legacy, you know, how will he be remembered ultimately by Arizona fans? That's to be determined. You know, he has to stay more than than four years for that to happen. I mean, look, if they won a national championship next year, then, then forget that. But 
I, I think he's got more work to do to be held in that high esteem with Dick Tomey. Certainly as far as the turnaround, he's going to get a lot of credit for that. But I think that some of those fond memories that we're having now, they're going to, they're going to sort of be washed away and kind of uh, buried a, a bit uh, if he leaves and the program goes back down in the dump in a couple of years. So I think he's got more work to do, but certainly, you know, not doesn't take anything away from what he's done from one win to 10 wins in two years, uh, especially with this program and the history of this program is phenomenal. You know, assuming next year is another successful season, even, you know, eight wins or above um, Jed fish has cemented himself as the second greatest coach in Arizona football history. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, and you can go back and look at, I mean, you can put Larry Smith up there. You know, I'm looking at, at final rankings. You're right about Tommy. So I'm going to sell this one or uh, he's not on Tommy's level. I mean, Tommy had what uh, six teams that ended up ranked at the end of the year, including a team that finished fourth in 90 in the 99 poll and, and seventh in the uh, last poll in 1994. Uh, you know what? So we're not gonna, you know, uh, or, uh, yeah, we're not going to, say that as for that he's necessarily on on dick tomey's level but where else you know is he better than rich rod yep he's already accomplished more than rich rod i, I mean i know yeah. rich rod got to the fiesta bowl but jed would have been in the pac-12 championship game as you said uh and, and just the way things shook out with oregon and washington both having one loss m- most years arizona's in a, a new year six game yeah I, i'll, I'll just simplify things m- most remarkable turnaround in program history absolutely oh yeah no one, one as to the best coach or one of the best coaches, still too small a sample size for me to be to be there. I'm putting him number two all time. Once again, maybe maybe overly optimistic. Uh, number three, Shane, Arizona will be ranked in the top ten at the end of this season and at some point in 2024. Uh, I will buy that they will be ranked in the top ten at some point in 2024. I don't know about this season just because uh, you know they're obviously they're going to move ahead of Oklahoma. They have three other teams they have to move o- ahead of, and you know they're going to move ahead of. Um, so either Penn State or, or, or Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Yep, they'll, they'll jump that, them. They'll, they'll jump them, and then you have to hope a couple other teams ahead of them lose. Well, you got so so. Let me break this down for you. Yeah. You got Missouri, Missouri. You got Oregon, who's eight. They're probably going to win. Ohio State, who's seven. They're not. They're not falling below. So Missouri yeah. is nine. If Ohio State were to beat Missouri tonight, uh, then then Missouri's out. Then you have Penn State or Ole Miss. One of those will jump up to nine. So you then it LS, comes down to Air, LSU Arizona and Wisconsin. LSU. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I'll tell you, I could see Arizona jumping LSU. I, I really could. So I think you're going to finish ten or eleven. Anyway, you look at it. If Missouri loses tonight, yeah, I I think they're going to. I would predict they're going to finish just outside of it. But you know, the preseason rankings should be interesting next year because you know you look at the the players Arizona has coming back, and I I I I'm more concerned. I think a lot of fans are as far as what they lose, but. I think, and certainly they'll be ranked in the top 25 going into next season, maybe top 10, you know, and if they start 3-0, they win at K-State, they'll probably be in the top 10. So uh, I I will I will buy that they'll be in the top 10 at some point next season. I will sell that they will be in the top 10 at the end of this season. Uh, I will probably agree with that when you look at next year. So I think Arizona will start out around 12, 13, 14 is where they'll be in the preseason polls. They open with New Mexico at home and then Northern Arizona. You win those two, you watch some, you know, some other teams lose. I think Arizona will jump into the top 10 and be uh, right around number nine or number 10 heading into Kansas State on September 14th. Kansas State will be ranked probably in the teens for that game. That will be a marquee matchup on a marquee network, either ESPN or Fox. Um, You know, maybe it's maybe it's big noon Saturday where they're going to Arizona, Kansas State. I could see it. Uh, you know, that's huge exposure for the program. 
Um, so yeah, I think they'll be in the top 10 at some point. Uh, we have a lot of weeks to discuss this. We have nine months to go before we're going to see another Arizona football game, but Holy crap, Shane, that was just, I'm still riding, riding a high. We're recording this, what, 10 hours after the game ended and still riding a legitimate high. And I'll ask the last question before we get to Barrett. Yeah. Uh, Number four, Arizona is a legitimate 2024 college football playoff contender with the expanded 12 team playoff. I have to buy it at this point. Certainly, you know, again, they they lose you know on offense Jacob Cowan and Michael Wiley and DJ Williams. And uh, by the way, I want to mention DJ Williams as well as far as a, a standout because he's kind of been an unsung guy and, and been, just been a staple of the backfield the last two years, and he's made some yeah. big plays. So, yep, I uh, want to Great. mention him. Uh, but they lose him and you know Wiley and Cowan and Jordan Morgan, uh, some of their leaders on defense, obviously Martell Irby. Um, so I think that's significant, but you know, when you bring back Noah Fafita and Ted Rowe McMillan, just the, the connection they have, you know, they could, you know, complete passes in their, you know, with their eyes closed, they know each other so well, Jonah Coleman's returning. Uh, they, they, they're adding some good pieces in the backfield. Hopefully their offensive line can, can shore up without, without Morgan. Um, and defensively that they're still returning a lot of top guys. So they should be a contender. There's no reason to think at this point that they wouldn't be. Certainly a lot of teams uh, that are will also contend are losing more than them. You know, so look at how many top quarterbacks have already gone to the transfer portal. Arizona, knock on wood, will not have that problem. Uh, so I, I'm not bold enough to predict that they will be, but certainly that there's someone that will be, they're a team that will be in the discussion in the preseason for sure. They will be in, in the discussion because they're in the Big 12, which on paper – you know, outside of maybe Oklahoma State, who is interesting, Kansas, Kansas State, Utah with Cam Rising back. Uh, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I'm still not buying Colorado as uh, being in the mix there. Uh, you know, Iowa State, I'm probably not putting them in the mix. TCU has a, a long ways to climb back. Texas Tech, not quite there. I mean, this Arizona team should be um, definitely preseason top two maybe top three at the most in the conference if not number one yeah uh so yeah i think if you win the big 12 you're in simple yeah, as that you win the it, 12, real yeah, and it's crazy to think that 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 arizona utah and salt lake could be for the 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 big 12 championship or at least a, a spot in the big 12 championship game but that that is a at this point a very plausible scenario you know we've talked about this year the fact that arizona maybe hasn't had the exposure um, you know, all their games are always kind of buried, you know, Pac-12 network, this or that. You're not going to have to worry about that next year. Uh, Arizona is going to have their opportunities to be shown in front of the national spotlight. College game day back in Tucson. We'll see how the how the schedule shakes out. But I wouldn't rule it out, especially the fact that Arizona joined the Big 12, which is an ESPN conference as well. You know, that ESPN still has the rights to that. Yeah. Never know. Just just pointing that out. I'd say it, it it was just a wild night last night. Let me give you one stat before we move on uh to our next segment. Noah Fafita uh completed 24 passes for 354 yards. Of those 354 yards, 17 of those 24 completions and 312 of the 354 went to McMillan and Jacob Cowan. What a way for Jacob Cowan to end his college career by the way. You know, there were maybe thoughts of him opting out. 7 catches, 152 yards two touchdowns, game MVP, game clinching touchdown. What a way to end a, an amazing college career. And, and and is that that an endorsement for actually playing in this bowl game because you know how how much did he impress 
NFL scouts. You know, if nothing else, he didn't do himself any harm. You know, he looked fantastic, especially on that touchdown run in the, in the fourth quarter. Coming up next, Bear Baker going to recap it all from San Antonio. And then in our third segment, we have picks. We have a couple of basketball thoughts and some reflections on 2023 here on Wildcat Country. So, Shane, on on Tuesday night, I was at the Guaranteed Rate Bowl sitting in the end zone, and there was a gentleman named Ben who recognized me from doing Wildcat Country. And, and it was really cool, and he, he loves the podcast. He listens in many different countries. And I asked him honestly, I said, who is your favorite guest that we have on the program? And he said, without a doubt, the Barrett Baker. I said, well, that's good timing because he's joining us on Friday from San Antonio. He is a former special teams captain. And the deputy chief, is that right? If the Tucson Fire Department, did I get that right? You got it. You got it. Nice. Nice. There we go. Job. Only, nice only took 15 tries. He nailed Barrett, it. I, I wrote it down. What can I say? Barrett, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you're in San Antonio. You were at the game last night. Just incredible. Just how do you feel this morning? What's going through your head? It's almost uh, surreal because to think of where we were three years ago compared to where we are today. You know, it's, 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 it's 180 degrees and I'm hoarse, you know, the, the atmosphere. Are we all, man? Yeah. Oh my God. Just the first quarter, you know, it looked like we were going to boat race them, but you knew it was Oklahoma. So they were going to give us a couple punches back. Uh, and, and it just, we talk a lot about the, the atmosphere and the culture that coach fish has reinstilled and changed and put back on the map for Arizona football. And, man, it is tangible. Uh, you could feel it in the stadium. Uh, it is a family. The players, the players' families, Coach Fish talked about that on the stage in his post-game speech where he just has, has taken some things from the past that were successful at Arizona and brought them forward. And it's just been a great ride. So happy for the kids. So, Barrett, uh, well, first of all, tell us about how you got out there because, you know, I, I texted you before uh, before Christmas and asked if you could join us after the Alamo Bowl. How did how did you you and your family getting out there come about? And I know you had a you know, you, you surprised your kids with it with the news as well. Right. Yeah, I went to a couple of games uh, with my family growing up and they were just, you know, great memories. Uh, my wife and I did the same thing and we surprised the kids on Christmas uh, and let them know that we were going to the Alamo Bowl. Uh, they're 19, 16 and 13. We've raised them as Wildcats and had season tickets for as long as I can remember. So uh, there was a lot of excitement about that. Uh, we drove over and somehow we did it without getting into uh, any major family fights. Uh, and, and just, you know, 12 hours, drove over, stayed the night at Fort Stockton, made the rest of the trip. And then it was just an, an awesome time doing the San Antonio things that we would do. And then being able to walk around San Antonio, uh, the Riverwalk and, and the Alamo and all of the things and, you know, we were outnumbered, right? There was boomer students all over the place. But when you, when you see that block A and you say bear down to somebody, uh, it, it's it's a very awesome thing to be part of. Uh, so it was just a good two days leading up to the game. And then, you know, got to see a lot of teammates and things uh, leading up to it. So it's just been a great trip. And again, the culmination, getting to a bowl game is one thing, but that's great that you find out on Everest, but do you get down you know, and to get here and win the game, uh, it, it just makes it a lot sweeter. 
Yeah, and I know you, you all are headed to uh, the Six Flags after this, so so we appreciate you taking taking time to to chat with us uh, before you head out uh, from your from your hotel. Yeah. So I might look a little queasy after uh, after today, but we'll see. <laughs> That's probably better. Before we're doing this before than after. Uh, so you know, Eric and I watched the game together, and you know, it was twenty four thirteen. Oklahoma's got all the momentum. They're going down the field. Looks like it's going to be thirty one thirteen at this point. I thought I'll be honest. I thought it was over just because of the feel of the game. Yeah. What were your thoughts? At that point in the game, did you believe that Arizona could still ma- turn things around? A, a great coach named Dick Tomey said, we don't know who, we don't know when, and we don't know where, but some Wildcat's going to make a play. And boy, oh. did we not see that. You know, and, and I'll tell you, it wasn't fluke, though. All night, we had done a great job of that second player, Martel Irby, whoever else coming in and popping that ball out and ripping the ball away. And when you play a bowl game and you haven't played for three weeks, there's a chance that you're a little bit rusty, a little bit sloppy with some of those fundamentals. But, you know, we had a chance to really deliver the knockout blow earlier in the game. Uh, when we were up 13 and nothing, I think we missed, or 10 to nothing, we missed T-Mac on that crosser because uh, Noah just got hit right as he let it go. But, you know, they weren't ready for what we were doing. Uh, once they settled in and made some adjustments, uh, we were having a lot of problems with their blitz package. They were coming in and, you know, obviously not playing Jordan Morgan. That's going to impact things. And we had to move some pieces around and we were struggling a little bit with it. And same thing with the defense. You know, that's a good Oklahoma team regardless. And I don't care that they have backups because their backups are more highly rated than our starters, generally speaking. So we took their shots. uh, We made the play. But the environment, the electricity, the energy, whatever word you want to say, when Gunner picked that and took it back to the house and then to get the two point conversion, man, things changed. And at that point we knew we had something. And then Martel Irby, again, the kid at the beginning of the season, that who's Martel Irby. And yet what a darn game that he played last night. And it's just so awesome. Cause even if you look at his season, it was ups and downs. You know, the, the, his life over the last few years, and he's very open about that. Uh, last, he, he, he played, he played well early in the season. Boom, he gets hurt, doesn't play for several games, and then comes back. And that's the first time. And, man, what an impact he had in that game. So it was just awesome. The, the, the individual plays that guys were making, Leif Magnuson, right, stepping up. I don't, I don't know if people recognize it on the TV, but – he inserts into right guard. They put Jonah back out at right tackle during the game for the last two series, and he steps up and dominates inside. So it was that's what this team was, was individual players that don't have the recognition of T-Mac that were doing things right all the time. You know, Barrett, as much as I thought about this game and the different scenarios that were going through my head going into it, um, seeing Arizona score, uh, or has, not, not score, but have six turnovers, that was not – I mean, you think this is an Arizona team that in 2021, I believe, had six turnovers the entire season, yep. and they got it in one game. Just, I, I, you know, your thoughts being a guy that obviously played on some defense and, and special teams and trying to, to force some turnovers, the effort level of our defense, I know they gave up 550 yards or whatever it was, but if you were to pick kind of the MVP of that, is would you go Irby? Would you go Maldonado? Would you go the whole unit? Just your, your thoughts on, on that, maybe. I think the splash plays is obviously you got to go with Maldonado and, and you know what, how exciting for him, quite frankly, because I think at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of people that were down on him uh, that he didn't necessarily look like he was 
playing very well. And I think the coach mentioned at one point in time, some of those plays that it looks like he was the one that was out of position, it was actually somebody else. But when you're the free safety and you're the last man back there, everything looks like it's your fault if you're close to the ball. Uh, so for him to make the, the plays that he made last night and uh, you know a couple of nice tackles as well, it just obviously an MVP performance, but it, it, defense takes 11 guys. And when 11 guys are doing what they're supposed to do in the right area, then you have a chance to be successful. And honestly, just a few of those plays that Oklahoma made last night, let's say in the run game, you know, it was one guy losing their fit, they're losing their gap. And uh, if they get outside, then they gouge you. So I thought even though they scored, uh, you know, a decent amount of points and, and they racked up some yards in the second and third quarter, man, we made those adjustments and we, we, we played the defense and, and swarmed to the ball. And credit to Coach Manson because we can't revise history here, right? I said several times last year I wasn't happy with the defense because I didn't feel like we had an identity. I didn't feel like we were really good at anything in particular. And whether it's the players, the coaches, and understanding their strengths and weaknesses, bringing in Coach Akina, Coach Richardson, man, they've got a they've got a package on that defense that they know how to make adjustments. The kids bought into it and they made plays when they needed to. All right. Now, I know this one may be a little personal for you, but I'm going to ask you, where does this team stack up, in your opinion, with the 98 team? It, are we on par? Is it close? Is 98 still a lot better? I mean, either way, we're never going to forget this 2023 version of Arizona football 25 years later. But is this team actually better than what we saw in 98 or am I going too far there? I don't think they're better, but I mean, I, I got to tell you what they are is a great complimentary football team. And that's what we had in 98. And that's, you know, obviously in 93, that was, I guess you could say the one thing that held them back. If there is such word is that the defense was such the driver in 1993 for that team. They had some talent with Chuck Levy and, and, and some talent. Listen to me. I mean, they had a lot of talent, but everyone remembers that for the defense uh, in 98. I think quite candidly, everyone remembers us for our offense and strong and the explosiveness. This team, man, they were balanced, you know, and offense and defense and special teams, all three of them really contributed to the success of the team. So, I mean, the record would show that we finished fourth in the country, right? We had 12 wins, but man, as an alum, I'm so proud of this program and, and, and I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of the kids. Uh, I got to, you know, give Tanner a hug last night in the stands and just to say what he came from two years ago as a walk-on not starting until probably his third or fourth game last year to being a kid that is an NFL talent. Uh, you know, that's, again, we keep going back to that when it came to this type of this team in particular, that's what I'll remember from about it is that they have superstars, but they also have the, the hundredth guy on the roster and they all did something. So special team. And I hope they're proud of themselves because I really do think that they're, you know, over the last 35 years, they're a top four team. And that's something to, to hang your hat on. You know, Barrett, I, I don't know if, if any head coach in Arizona history, or at least the, since I've been alive, has really honored the past in the way that Jed Fish has. You know, and he mentioned that uh, at, in his post-game speech after winning the Alamo Bowl, mentioned the Dick Tomey era, uh, you know, and you know, the relationship, relationship that he and the staff have built with with you and the rest of the alumni, uh, stopping by Art Lapino's house to give him a, a, a signed jersey was phenomenal. Can, what does that mean to you and the rest of the alumni as far as a coach who not only is taking this team to to levels that they haven't been in a long time, but honoring the past while doing it? 
I, it's powerful. And I, I don't know what other word to use, but it's humble at the same time because so many guys come in and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but when you've had success elsewhere, then you're going to come here and you're going to say, we're going to do it my way, right? We're going to do it the way it's worked. And, and you always think your way is better. That's what I've seen with past coaches. They always think their way is better. And in many cases, it is good. They're hired to be a head coach at Arizona football because they've been successful. But the humbleness that Coach Fish showed in reaching out and realizing what Dick Tomey meant to the community, right, what he meant to the football program, and he tapped into that. So it, it was a humble move for somebody to connect with people. And it, it just it makes you feel like you're part of something, which is fun. And when things are fun and you're part of something, then you buy into them. And when you buy into them, then you are willing to go to San Antonio on a 12-hour drive to support the team and support the program. And that's what's important, I think, as a fan base now. He did what he said he was going to do. Now we have to do what we said that we will do, which is support the program, because it all ties in together. When we recruit and we get the kids here, but the kids come here because the stadium's packed, and people are talking about Arizona football, it all is, is interwoven. So I'm just proud of – and listen, I, again, we can't revise history. The day we hired him three years ago, I, it was who? You know, and it's not a same. personal shot at him. Yeah, yeah same it wasn't thing. a personal yeah. shot at him, but it didn't seem like that was what we were looking for when it came to, uh, you know, West Coast ties and all of those things that, that uh, we had, had spoken about. But, man – I'll eat humble pie all the time in the world because the fact is, is he put a name in it, his family, they bought in, they've done what he, again, they, they, he did what he said he was going to do. And it's just awesome to be part of the program. Uh, you know, every day that I've been in San Antonio, I'm repping the A here. I'm going to Six Flags. And let me tell you, we're going to make it personal today. And I'm going to walk around. And I hope that every Oklahoma Sooner and every person in the country says, oh, man, that was a heck of a game last night. Oh, they're going to make excuses because they're starting quarterback transfer, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, last question for you, Barrett. And again, we really appreciate your time in the middle of your, that's of your good. family, of your family awesome. trip. Yeah. Uh, so looking ahead, quick look ahead to next year, and I'm sure we'll have you on again before the season starts, but you know, they do lose some key pieces on offense. Uh, obviously we saw, we got a preview of what life could be like with uh, after uh, Jordan Morgan, um, you know, Cowling's gone, Wiley's gone. They lose a couple guys up front on defense. Early thoughts on next season, assuming that no one else enters the portal, and they probably will, but just your your thoughts on how this team, uh, could they improve upon 2023 next season? So I'll start and I'll poo-poo it a little bit uh, because leadership, okay, that is a, a word that is a powerful word. And it's sometimes not who you lose, but who's coming back. And sometimes it's not who's coming back, but who you lose. And I'll make that parallel to 1998. <laughs> After we beat Nebraska, everyone's talking about who we had coming back because there was still such a, a large amount of guys that were just absolute studs coming back. But you don't replace Kelvin Epon, right? You don't replace Paul Shields that no one necessarily knew how good of an H-back that he was, but he still played in the NFL. And so sometimes the guys that you don't know, the impact that they have behind the scenes or this or that, and, and who's going to replace Tanner McLaughlin? So – you know, Key Burnett, man, he looks like the, he's, he's an Adonis, but is he ready to fill that role? And, and some of those kids that you lose is that next player up ready to play at that level. And then again, in the locker room, who's going to replace Martel Irby? Because I think you could talk to 
a hundred kids on the team and to, to nominate someone as a team captain that had been in the program for at that point in time, five months, that speaks to what kind of person he is and how you galvanize a locker room. So talent wise, I think the sky's the limit. And, uh, you know, I, I think that this win will, will still have some ability to cherry pick what we need in the portal, just like what we've done. So you could get another CEO or another Upshaw late in the, the process between now and spring. And we know what we need. Um, but I think it's a long answer. But I think as long as we can have that internal leadership and the chemistry, that's the only thing that would prevent the team from being better next year. You know, Barrett, uh, when I think about Arizona football year in, year out, it's always like uh, they'll, they'll finish the regular season and then maybe they won't go to a bowl. And I'll say, oh, I can't wait for next September. And then if they go to a bowl and it's one of those, you know, New Mexico Bowl or Independence Bowl. And the Fiesta Bowl is very cool it was on, on New Year's Eve day. That was great. But like, I'm always thinking, all right, I can't wait for September. You know what? Right now, I feel like I just want to absorb what we saw, especially since mid-October, because this has been special. My last question for you, just what has it meant to you as a, as a former alum, former player, and somebody who invests so much pride in this program to watch what this team has done all season, specifically since uh, mid-October? Well, I just, again, I, I can't put into words. When, when you see the players, the emotional thing, you see, you know, Leif Magnuson and his dad share an embrace in the stands afterwards and tears flowing down their face. And you know, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And these kids, I mean, I'm 47 now. And so I look back and think, man, 25 years ago, we were on that stage and we were having the best day of our life when it came to that. I, I want that to continue for these kids because it is special. You know, when we were down as bad as the program had been and the laughing stock of college football, we were the laughing stock of college football three or four years ago with being a bottom 10 team all the time on ESPN's rankings. And to come back and, and now people want to be part of Arizona football. They're talking about Arizona football. So I'm, I'm just happy for the kids. I think this game, this season, it, it's cliche, but man, it's memories for a lifetime. And they'll always be able to look back and think, we beat Oklahoma in the 2023 Alamo Bowl. And that's just a great thing for them uh, individually. I'm so happy for their families. And I'm happy for the coach and staff uh, and the work that they put in and the, the vindication, for lack of a better word, that mocked after NAU. You know, and, and now here we are. We just knocked off a blue blood juggernaut and uh, we're the champs. And so really, I hope I answered that, but a lot of pride, a lot of pride for the program, a lot of pride the guys and and just it's awesome to be an Arizona Wildcat I think you just said it right there with those last few words it's awesome to be an Arizona Wildcat I think we all can agree with that uh, uh every day but especially today coming off a win like that Barrett as always you know you, you are always available to join Shane and I uh to talk football throughout the year we can't thank you enough uh, obviously our listeners very much enjoy hearing your insight I mean Ben the other day was telling me at the guaranteed right bowl how much he enjoys hearing you know, the, the angles that you provide us. So thank you so much for coming on once again. We'll talk to you in the off season. Enjoy Six Flags today. And as always, bear down. Bear down, guys. And guess what? It is basketball season now. We can finally make it basketball <laughs> season. All right? So now let's go uh, take care of business on that. Get two championship teams.
always good to talk to Barrett, especially coming off one of the great wins in program history. You know, thankful to him for uh, for stopping by. You know, it was a late night for him and his family, but to be able to do that and, and uh, you know, join us this morning early on when we're recording this, we really appreciate that. All yeah. right, Shane, we were giving away an ice shaker last week. Chris Gronkowski allowed us to do that for anyone that on our social media uh, made a score prediction, but there's a catch. Tell us. Well, so... Uh- it was actually in my mind that whoever came closest to the final score would win it. But then I think we, you, you mentioned that you thought just whoever enters the the contest should, should, should be entered in a drawing. So we're kind of going to do both. And I got permission from Chris Gankowski to do this because we have a follower on, on Twitter X Jonathan stone who tweeted us and noted that he got the final score exactly right. 38, 24 said, Hey, do I win an ice shaker? And so, you know what, Jonathan? Yes, you do. So uh, send us a, uh, uh, yeah, congrats, Jonathan, a great pick. Uh, send us a message, um, a private message with your address, and we'll make sure you, uh, we get you an ice shaker. Um, as far as everyone else, I have the randomizer here on random.org. I put everyone's name on on Twitter and, and on YouTube who submitted a, a prediction, and thank you to everyone. I think we got close to 50 guesses. Um, so I'm just going to click randomize here, and whoever's at the top wins. Randomize. And it is on YouTube. Roger West on YouTube uh, is our winner, number one on our on our uh, randomizer here. Actually, forty entrances is what it says total. So thank you, thank you to everyone who entered. Roger, if you're listening, if you could message us, send us a DM on Twitter at Cat Country AZ. Follow if you if you have a Twitter page, follow us there and send us a direct message and with your address and we'll send you an ice shaker. Uh, if that doesn't work for you, just send us a, put us a comment in the YouTube page and we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get in, we'll get in touch, but uh, uh, thanks so much for everyone who entered and I'm sure we'll do more of these drawings in the future. Jonathan and Roger, uh, congratulations. Uh, and thanks to Chris Gronkowski and ice shaker for the opportunity here. All right. Uh, Shane, we uh, aren't, aren't really going to touch on it this week. Uh, a lot of football news, but Arizona lost in basketball to FAU last week. Uh, great game, double overtime. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Love, don't be shooting three pointers when you're down two. Uh, I think we can all agree. Just one of the one of the games of the year. Just down, didn't go our down way. one, down one. Yeah, excuse all me, down, excuse me, down yeah. one. Don't I got don't, you? Don't no. shoot three. Yeah, thank you. Don't yeah. shoot. You're trying to say don't shoot a three when all you need is a two. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah. uh, just saying that Arizona Stanford on Sunday. We already made our picks. We both think Arizona's going to blow out Cal tonight. Arizona at Stanford on Sunday. What do you think, Shane? Same thing. Yeah. By the way, uh, how ridiculous is it that Arizona Cal is on Pac-12 Network and ASU Stanford's on ESPN? That I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah, no, Arizona should get the road sweep. You know, it's never easy, especially after, you know, you get a bit of a, a hangover after losing that kind of game. And it's tough to get up against a, an inferior opponent. So I think against Cal, especially Arizona might struggle in the first half. Um, but I think they'll take care of business. The, they they better come away with a sweep. Now, if, if they don't, then I'll I still think they're a national championship contender. Nothing that I saw changed my mind about that against uh, FAU. Um, when they, in the FAU game, that was just a great game that could have gone either way, and FAU is legit. Um, if they struggle in these two games, uh, I may change my mind a bit, but uh, I think they, they come back to Tucson uh, for their Pac-12 uh, home opener next week with two wins. I think uh, I think we're both going to pick Arizona by double digits against Stanford. Uh, not going to reinvent the wheel there. Um, Stanford five and five, not that great. Uh, this is a, a trip that you know Bay Area trip usually is difficult. Not this time. I think Wildcats win both games by double digits. Get back on track. All right, we got six bowl games to pick, including the big one, Shane. Uh, we already picked Missouri Ohio State last week. Uh, I have Ohio State. You have Missouri. Um, let us uh, hear what you have in these games. We'll start with the Arizona Bowl played at Arizona Stadium to uh, Toledo. 
uh, against Wyoming. Wyoming is a three and a half point favorite. Who you got? Uh, I, I'll just keep this simple. I know a couple of people who are Wyoming fans. I'm going to go with Wyoming for that reason. I have no other, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, people who pick NCAA tournament games uh, because they like the team's colors. You know, I, I really, I don't know anything about either of these teams. Wyoming's actually been, been pretty decent at football the last couple of years. I'm going to go with Wyoming just for that reason. X factor here. Wyoming's coach, Craig Bull, former North Dakota state coach. It's his last game. Team's going to play harder. Toledo's mm-hmm. quarterback, Daquan Finn in the portal. Very simple. We take Wyoming by at least a touchdown. Uh, Ole Miss against Penn State in the Peach Bowl on Saturday morning. Penn State favored by four and a half. I go with Ole Miss just because you know they they got here playing much much tougher competition. I mean, outside of Michigan and Ohio State, I feel like Penn State. Who have they beaten? Who's Penn State beaten? You know, they they lost to Michigan and Ohio State, and that and that was about it. They ran the table, and the rest of the big the Big Ten fine. Ole Miss has actually beaten some great teams in the SEC. I think they're the better team. I think they win and they cover. You know, it's not, probably not a bad pick, but James Franklin, if he's not playing Ohio State and Michigan, he generally covers uh, and and wins mm. and covers. So I'm just going to play that angle. I, I, I want. I mean, probably not great watching Penn State's offense, but don't know what to expect from Ole Miss. Your logic makes a ton of sense, but I'll go Penn State. Disagree with you here. Now, here's a game in the Orange Bowl that I, originally I was on Florida State plus the points, but I don't know who's playing. Georgia now favored by a whopping 19 and a half against Florida State. Can the Seminoles keep this close, Shane? Yeah, it keeps going up, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, I will. I will go with with Florida State to cover, just maybe with a backdoor touchdown late. Um, yeah, because I mean, Florida State's not going to win. There, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, was it USA and, and the USSR and the seventy two basketball game where they didn't you know the USSR or USA didn't show up to accept their silver medals because they got screwed. I feel like Florida State is kind of like kind of sort of doing that in a passive aggressive way, which I don't blame them. Uh, so Georgia wins comfortably, but I I think Florida State will find enough fighting spirit to cover. Don't know how or why I'm picking Florida State, but I'm going to do it anyways. I, I, I think that you, the fighting spirit matters. Will Georgia actually take it seriously? If so, this game's 34 nothing. If not, maybe Florida State backdoor covers. I'm actually going with Florida State as well. Speaking of backdoor covers in the Fiesta Bowl, I like Liberty plus 17 against Oregon. I think Oregon will score, score, score. But I think somehow I think Oregon's or Liberty's going to find a way to score late. Give me uh, Oregon 49-35, therefore a backdoor cover for Liberty. What do you think? Yeah, this might be on paper at least the worst group of group of five uh, team to get to a New Year Six bowl game, but uh, I think Oregon rolls. I I, I put this. I think it's going to be close for maybe a half or so. It's been one of those games where it's close. And you think maybe there could be the upset, and then you know halfway through the third quarter, Oregon scored three touchdowns and it's a blowout. So I'll give me Oregon to win and cover. So well, let's go to the big games here. Uh, the Rose Bowl semifinal: Alabama's against Michigan. Michigan's a uh, one and a half point favorite. Uh, I'll, I will just say this. I'll make my pick here first, Shane. Yeah. And I told you this in person last night. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh, 0-6 in his last six bowl games, straight up. Nick Saban, 6-0 in college football playoff semifinals. Let's keep it simple. Give me Alabama to win this game. You? I think Michigan's the best team in college football, so I'll, I'll take the Wolverines. I, I think part of you know, Jalen Milrow has been great uh, the last half of the season for Alabama, but I think be, them beating Georgia was a little bit more about Georgia due for a loss. I think Michigan's the better team. Your logic is is irrefutable, um, but give me Michigan to win and, and cover. I think they also have that bit of a chip on their shoulder because they keep hearing that they cheated and they shouldn't be there for this or that reason. Uh, I think they're going to be focused, and I think they're going to win. Uh, the Sugar Bowl, Texas, minus four against Washington. Uh, what do you think? 
Longhorns. Uh, Washington is, is, you know, I take nothing away from, you know, 13 and 0 is 13 and 0, but how many t- games should this team have maybe lost along the way? I, I still can't get past the fact that they should have lost to ASU and Seattle. Uh, Texas, I think, is a slightly better team. I think whoever wins this game loses the national championship game, but give me Texas to win and cover. Yeah, I would agree. The, the winner of the Rose Bowl uh, will win the national championship game. We'll make our pick on next week's Wildcat Country. Um, I actually like Texas by a touchdown here. I think if Arizona had gotten a chance to play Washington and Las Vegas, I would have taken the Wildcats to upset them. The way Arizona was playing heading into that game, if the Pac-12 rules had not changed, uh, I would have picked Arizona to win that game. Uh, maybe Washington proves me wrong, but I think Texas by a touchdown here. So we have made all of our picks. We've gotten through all the college football games, but this is our last episode of 2023. So let's recap a few things. Uh, it's been quite a year. We've done at least 52 episodes, if not more. Uh, it's been an absolute blast, but let's do a couple of, uh, let's do four, you know, best ofs, let's say, best or worst of. Let's do your favorite Arizona sports moment of 2023, Shane. What do you have? Well, uh, let's see. How how much do I want to go into recency bias? I, you know, we were talking about this during the game. Uh, I, I think, you know what, I think my favorite moment, uh, despite the fact that I thoroughly enjoyed being at the Utah game, was, was Gunnar Maldonado's uh, return for a touchdown. Uh, against OU because you know the three of us were just going crazy you know we were both kind of sitting there like you know we know how this is going to go and it, it didn't look good and we're all of a sudden we're all jumping up and down high-fiving each other and me you and my nephew uh for well it, it was a completely different game you know and I thoroughly enjoyed that and the rest of the fourth quarter watching that with you guys and and uh you know a game that I thought that, that Arizona was out of so I will you know I know it just happened a few hours ago from from when we're recording this but give me that as my favorite moment my favorite Arizona sports moment was at the Utah game. Um, Arizona jumped out to a 28-0 lead after the first play of the second quarter. It was just a surreal, uh, mo- just surreal to be there after all of the bad games that that I and we have been to over the years. And then these this uh, heavens opened up and it started pouring. And to to stand out there in a soaking rain twice during that game, watching your team dominate a team that had dominated them of late. Uh, was special. Uh, I will never forget that. Uh, that that day was was special, and I'll explain more uh, in in a few minutes. But that that's one why I'm going for that. And I would also put Shane as my favorite game. I mean, Arizona Utah and Arizona ASU were right up there for me. Uh, I would put them as one A and one B. How about you? Yeah, I, I'll I'll mention a couple others since you mentioned those. Uh, I'll mention the Arizona Washington State game because that's the game they started to turn everything around. It was the beginning of their streak. Uh, it was my birthday, my so birthday, that was yep. fun. Yeah. Uh, and completely unexpected. And that was the only game that you missed against the spread with Arizona all year. Uh, you're, you're fin- you finished 12 and one against the spread. 12 and one against the spread. Remarkable. I forgot. Yeah, it's a good point. Absolutely I remarkable. That. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. also mentioned, since we got to mention basketball, you know, you, you beat Duke at Duke. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that in the regular season. So I'll, I'll mention that game, you know, KJ Lewis with the, the finisher and, and the dunk to, to, to end that game. Uh, I'll put that up there as well. As far as biggest disappointment goes, I think uh, Arizona Princeton for both of us would probably be on that list. Do you have anything you you would add to that? No, that's it. That and then and then the, the uh, you know I don't we don't, we don't want to think about this, but that half court heave at Bacale the day is free. oh yeah you know, great point the, yeah the, the, those two. But I think you know that game did, obviously didn't mean as much as the Princeton game. Um, so yeah, I think you'd have to go with that as the, as the biggest disappointment. Yep. For me, being there at the Pac-12 tournament, I just want to add this uh, against UCLA was also, and, and oh, yeah. beating ASU and UCLA in back-to-back nights, that was also a fun Arizona sports moment. 
Sure. Uh, but it, it obviously ranks behind what we saw in football. I just want to say one last thing about the football team. You know, I, I'm a single guy uh, and I, I've had my little dog. Uh, who's was a seven and a half year old Boston Terrier named Cubby. And he was, you know, he was my little companion as I, as I, you know, seek to find a, a wife one day, you know, knock on wood. Uh, and unfortunately uh, he had gotten sick. It just, he, he had lost his vision right when Arizona's win streak uh, against Washington state happened. And I couldn't figure out why I was like, what's going on here. This dog had seemingly been perfectly healthy. And then unfortunately uh, I had to put him down uh, shortly after the UCLA game, which was obviously devastating. And uh, they're done that. It's horrible. horrible. One of the worst horrible. things ever. One of the worst things ever. And for Arizona, this football team to do what they did, especially in November, when it was just such a tough time for me. I mean, a brutal month. But every Saturday, they gave me especially something to look forward to. And I will forever be grateful to this team for what they were able to do. And to cap it off last night the way they did, this team will always hold a special place in my heart beyond yeah. what we saw on the field just because of the 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 hope you know that they gave me and i know listen a pet is not a human i understand that but if no. you've had a pet as you know shane yeah it it obviously is something special this was a, a horrible time for me but to have this team was really a, a deflection that was necessary and i will always be grateful to them and, and i'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers can relate to that you know whether yeah. you have ki kids or not i mean that they're part of the family and it, it is a horrible decision you have to make and and we and my wife and i had to do that with our our our, our first child more or less a few years ago and it was one of the worst things we've ever had to do uh so you know and we we've talked about that i know it's been difficult for you and i'm glad that the uh, the football team has been able to yeah. uh, help uh, provide a at least if nothing else a distraction during that time so it's been a uh, fantastic run. And, you know, and my last comment is, you know, I thought back before we chatted with Barrett, you know, we had him on during a live stream after Arizona got shut out at Colorado two years ago. And we could not have envisioned yeah. how, where we would be now. I mean, it's amazing. We're coming up on our 200th episode of the show uh, next, this coming year. Maybe we can do another giveaway then. Um, but it's been a heck of a ride. I'm I'm glad, that, you know, and who knows what the future holds. And like I say, savor this because you never know how long it's going to last. But it, it is fantastic time to be a Wildcat fan right now. Enjoying it. Enjoy chatting with it, uh, about it with you, uh, uh, talking to people on social media who, who are, 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 are pleasant people. Uh, and, um, you know, hopefully we can keep it rolling. And hopefully the basketball team can keep the good vibes going in 2024. You certainly summed it up. Now, I, I want to ask you one more thing before we get going here. Uh, we would never have predicted that Arizona would finish this season with 10 wins and, and an Alamo bowl victory a year ago. We would have, mm -hmm. we said maybe a bowl game, not even so two or Shane, three months ago. Yeah. You, you get one prediction on any Arizona sport mm. for 2024. What do you make it? Oh boy. Uh, you had this on your list and I completely forgot. Uh, I will, well, how about this? I will be bold enough to say, and this is not a bold prediction, but well, maybe it is that the men's basketball team will get at least to the sweet 16 this, this season. I, I I'm not bold enough to say final four. Cause I, you know, I am a little superstitious. Oh, that's, about come that. on, that's a weak predict. Every, Wait, come on. You know what? I, I, I'm usually conservative. My picks with Arizona basketball, but the last two years I picked them to go further than they actually did. Okay. So, you know, lead eight, the first year Tommy Lloyd was here and then the sweet 16 last year, they didn't make it that far either time. Okay. So I will say they will at least get to week two and get to the sweet 16 and hopefully get beyond that. But that would, that is my, my prediction, my, my hopefully safe prediction for 2024. All right. I am not going to make a safe prediction. Arizona will make the final four in Glendale. 
I've been talking about this for years. The Wildcats will be there. That is my first prediction. My second prediction, I'm going with it. Arizona will play in the Big 12 championship game next December. Okay. So this is going to be as good a year as we had in 2023. I think 2024 has a chance to be even better. We're going to be celebrating a lot. We shall see, my friend. When we have start when we started this podcast in August 2020, there were no sports and we didn't know when they were going to come back. Gosh, this feels so good right now. What what this football team has done and where this basketball team is, this has been so much fun. Now we had the women's team get to the national championship game and almost win it a few years ago, and that was great. And the baseball team with their success making it to Omaha as well. But this is something right now to have both of your, you know, the two arguably two biggest sports, football and men's basketball. Uh, being this good at the same time unbelievable so shane happy new year uh it's been great we've had a great time let's hope for a a happy and healthy one for you for your family and for all of our listeners out there so uh for shane dale uh thanks to bear faker for joining us shane dale i'm eric cohen thanks for listening and as always bear down and happy new year 